You're listening to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission, to keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. This is the Golf Unfiltered Podcast. I am your host, Adam Fonseca from GolfUnfiltered.com. Be sure to follow us all over social media at Golf Unfiltered. That includes X slash Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all those places. You can also follow me specifically at Adam J. Fonseca on Twitter slash X. And hey, check us out on Threads, Instagram Threads. It's a new, very positive place. I'm really enjoying my experience working on uh, on Threads. I should do more stuff there. I know that uh, co-host Nikki Dunnigan is also on Threads. Dan does not have an Instagram account, and as much as we give uh, give him a hard time for that, it's probably pretty smart because, I mean, after all, do we really need another social media platform? I don't think we do. But you could find us there at Golf Unfiltered as well. So we are, uh, it's just you and me again this week. I know it's, a, as we continue to say, it's been a very busy summer. This continues to be the refrain every single time that we do an episode. I hope you enjoyed the uh, most recent episode uh, that Nikki and I did, a uh, little step away from the world of golf. You know, we're going to do a little bit more of those uh, episodes, I think, in the future, just because they're fun to do. I mean, we like other stuff too, right? And uh, the Barbie, Oppenheimer being the two biggest movies uh, of the summer, of course, and Nikki and I had both seen them, we thought it might be fun to do a quick episode on there. So a little bit different. Hope you enjoyed it. Let us know any feedback about it. And uh, go watch those movies. They're really good. Really, really good. Uh, Today, I've got a couple topics I'm going to cover. And um, I have to admit, listeners, I don't know how in-depth I will go into one of the topics. But the other, I will start with first. I had the opportunity to play uh, a lot of golf recently, which is great. Um, Feeling really good about my game. I mean, it's not... It's not stellar. I mean, we're at, you know, towards the end of the summer, getting close to it. And, um, you know, some good rounds, some bad rounds. But uh, my buddy and special contributor to Golf Unfiltered, Chris McEwen, uh, and I had the chance to play a lot of golf recently. And um, let me tell you. So I turned 41 on the 10th of this month. And I feel every bit of 41, and I know that there are some of you in our audience who are listening to that, and you're probably laughing. Um, Hey, I know my demographic who listens to this show. I know many of you are probably older than 41. (laughs) You're probably laughing. Listen, dude, you're still young. Well, Chris McEwen uh, is older than me. I try to remind him of that fact as often as I can, and... He is in uh, much better shape than me. He takes care of himself, unlike myself. And um, we played over the course of a weekend. Well, I played with him uh, 54 holes in two days, which is a lot of golf for me. That maniac continued to play multiple rounds of golf throughout the week because he uh, he was left home alone to his own devices. His wife... Uh, went out on a trip with her family, and that meant that Chris was going to be on the golf course as much as possible. And uh, God bless him for it, right? I mean, who else wouldn't do that uh, if you had a full week to yourself, right? And the means to do so. One of the things that I've never been able to do 
is play 36 holes of golf well in one day. Now, I don't know how many people can, let's be honest. You know, aside from a few professionals and who have to do it for various events and matches and whatever else, I can't do it. And uh, the Saturday of the one weekend that I'm referring to, we played 36. We started off, uh, we played everything here in the Chicago area. We started off at Prairie Landing, uh, which is in the West Chicago area. It's a very wide open course. It's uh, what you would call a Lynx style course. I mean, I don't really like using that term because there is no water near this place. Essentially, it was just a very wide open piece of land. And uh, it's a great golf course. Don't get me wrong. I really, really enjoy it. Um, and uh, rained pretty much, I think the entire round it rained. And, um, you know, I don't do well <laughs> in wind and rain. Uh, let alone trying to play good golf in those conditions. And uh, thankfully, I was able to play pretty decently during that round. Uh, And then our afternoon round, after a quick uh, stop for lunch, we played at the Preserve at Oak Meadows, which is near Addison, Illinois, if you're aware of the area. I had never been there. I had heard a lot about it. It's your... uh, it is I, uh, technically, well, it is a forest preserve course, but it is an extremely well-maintained forest preserve course. It's It, it was really impressive. Just the layout, the uh, the difficulty, and the, the, the different types of shots that you had to hit. Again, pretty wide open. There were more trees on this course, but Chris told me that he had uh, chosen these two for that day because they were very similar in play style. Um. One of the things that we encountered was uh, a very slow-moving afternoon round. Had rained all day, probably kept a lot of people away from the you know morning rounds, which meant that they were all going to be there in the afternoon, and they were. And this is a course that charged, at least on this weekend afternoon, it still charged over $100 to play. It was worth it, I will admit. It was, a, it was in great shape. Very cool course. I will go back. Uh, freshly renovated, from what I understand. But it was slow. And primarily because, um, while I don't mind on a weekend in the middle of summer, in the Midwest, where we don't get to play all year, I understand that a five-hour round is most likely going to happen. You know, I don't love it, but I expect to not get too impatient with it, if that makes sense. Well... One of the most ridiculous things that uh, I ever, that I was ever accused of, as I clutch my pearls, that I was accused of on a golf course, and it wasn't just me, it was our, it was our group, uh, that uh, we were hitting into the group in front of us. That was what was said to us by a, uh, by a ranger as we awaited uh, the 10th tee box. And the group in front of us, was uh, a foursome. They were all, three of them actually were riding. One of them was on a push cart. It was one of those situations where I believe it was a twosome and two singles were grouped with their tea time. You know, not uncommon, but it is, this This is what we were we were behind. And the two guys in the golf cart, one of which, uh, one of whom, clearly has never played the game 
Now, remember, this is a very nice, difficult golf course, over $100 to play on a weekend afternoon, and it was evident that one of the guys has never played the game before, so much so that there were actually multiple instances when his playing partner, his cart partner, was clearly explaining things to this guy. I won't go so far as to say he was giving him a golf lesson on the golf course, but it was clear that he was demonstrating certain things to the point where he would actually drop multiple golf balls on the putting green to allow this guy to try to hit multiple putts while we are waiting to play our next shots. Now, I outline all of that. And you might be thinking, well, maybe, Adam, you guys were hitting into him because you were getting frustrated. Uh, I, I guarantee you that that did not happen, and that was exactly what I conveyed to the ranger that came up to us. Now, and to his credit, the, the ranger was very kind, very nice guy. Um, you know, he's like, hey, I'm just passing along the message. Uh, I have a tendency to get a little hot-headed when... Uh, I feel that I have been wronged in some way. Uh, Chris, uh, you know, obviously saw what was going on, and he was able to jump in and and basically uh, defuse the situation before I said anything too stupid. But you know, it's it's um, we've talked about this in various episodes in the past. I don't know how you guys feel. I mean, I am all for more people coming to the game. I. I have said multiple times on this podcast before, this is a game for everybody. I, I love the fact that the uh, the COVID golf boom is, is sustaining. Um, there continues to be reports uh, either on social media, but basically from the big equipment manufacturing brands uh, with their boost in profits, which, you know, that would be an entirely different episode. I could go down that rabbit hole if you'd like. But it all points to that the golf boom is sustaining, and that's wonderful. Love to see it. Love to see it. If you're a new golfer, though, I don't, I don't really understand the mentality of going to a course that's that expensive and that difficult. And oh, by the way, they were playing from essentially the, the blue tees. So not the farthest tee, but they weren't playing from the tips, but they were playing from one tee box shorter than that, which was the same tee box that we were playing from. I don't understand the mentality that and why you would want to put yourself through that. We were joking towards the end of the round, um, you know, that we had we had uh, Chris's friend uh, Gerald with us. He had flown in, he had flown in from Florida to come play all this golf with his buddy Chris. I mean, wow, that that's a that's a good dude there. Um. We were joking at the, towards the end of the round. It's like, you know what? We didn't hit into these guys. But they were playing so slow. I think it took us longer than five hours to play the round, if I remember correctly. They were playing so slow that if this guy in front of us was learning the game, I hope he remembers what didn't happen in this round. We weren't jerks about it. They still decided to mentioned something to a ranger. I don't, I don't, I still to this day don't know what that could have possibly been. And this was over a week ago now, but there are some real jerks out there that would have hit into those guys. We've all seen it. Those of us who have played this game for a long time, 
What are your thoughts on this? I'm, I'm legitimately curious. Twofold. Uh, is it fine for a, a new player to go to a difficult course like that, pay that much money? Granted, hey, it's his money. I'm not going to tell him how to spend his money, but I just don't get what enjoyment you would get, perhaps other than the camaraderie of the guy that, you, you know, your, your playing partner. But also, how should these situations be handled by the golf course? The marshals were there. They were out. There wasn't really anywhere for this group in front of us to go. Truth be told, there was a, uh, there were two walkers and uh, two people in a cart in the foursome in front of that group. So they weren't going anywhere. It was just a slow day. And the marshals were there. They were kind of just driving around. They may have mentioned something once or twice, but what are they supposed to do? Let me know what your thoughts are on this. Send me an email, adam at golfunfiltered.com. If you're hearing this and you want to hit me up on, uh, hit us up on uh, social media, again, at golfunfiltered. I mean, this is a thing. The pace of play issue has always been an issue in the game of golf. As long as I have played this game, and it's been a while, People always complain about slow play. That's just, that's going to be a thing forever, I think. But it does seem that slow play, because of all the new golfers, again, welcome to the game. Don't get me wrong here. But slow play has been a thing as well as, you know, do people know what hitting into people means? I mean, I'm... (laughs) I would have been happy to oblige if they would, if that was what they were uh, looking for. Let me know. Let me know your thoughts on that. All right. Before we get into this next topic, uh, just a reminder to everyone, we are partnered again, as I say every episode, with our friends over at Cog Hill Golf and Country Club. Chris and I and then two buddies of mine who have been on the show, we went and played uh, Dubs Dread recently. Great, great track. If you've not played it and you're in this area or if you... Uh, Want to come in, to, if you're going to be in the Chicagoland area before the end of the year, go and try Dubs Dread over at Cogs Hill. Cogs Hill. My goodness, I should probably get the name of the, the golf course right if they're a sponsor of ours. <laughs> go try Cog Hill. They've got four courses, and they have probably one of the best practice areas, uh, certainly in the Chicago area. It's, it's fantastic. They've done so many upgrades to it. Um, Truthfully, if I'm being objective here, I would love to have more area to uh, practice chipping, perhaps another bunker or two. So, guys, if you're listening, can we get on that? I don't know. I I, I have no influence. They're just going to, okay, Adam, we're going to go put another bunker in for you. Uh, but the driving range is, is great. Uh, it's got two, lo- it's got, a, like, I think, like 45 uh, hitting bays. Uh, grass tees, off of mats. They've got Top Tracer. They have a new fitting studio, which is outstanding. They've got a great fitting team out there, and they've got some of the best instructors in the area. And they still have events coming up throughout the fall. Even in the winter, there's some bozos that go out there in the snow and play. I'm not one of them. But if you're one of those guys, go go for it. Somebody's got to do it, I guess. (laughs) We're also partnered with, of course, Sharp Focus Nutrition. Um, You've heard me talk about these guys for a while. Uh, Brinson Paolini, he is the founder uh, of Sharp Focus Nutrition, and he has been on the show twice. He'll be back on the show soon. They've got some new products coming out. I have seen them. Very smart ideas. It's something, the, the whole premise of Sharp Focus Nutrition is to keep you 
in the game at your best for those of you who want to take the game seriously. And even if you're not a serious player, but you just want to put the best things in your body, uh, you know, for health reasons, which everyone should do that. Uh, Sharp Focus Nutrition has a, a system that will keep you energized throughout your round. It's very easy to follow. It's a really great idea, and uh, it's really good, too. Tastes really, really good. And they've got some new stuff coming out. So sharpfocusnutrition.com to learn more. And then, of course, new this season, Mizuno Golf. They are partners of ours. Um, the JPX 923 irons, they've been in my bag, as well as the S23 wedges. Love them. Went with a copper finish. They're just the best looking wedges I've ever. I, I can't say enough about the wedges. The irons are great. Don't get me wrong. The wedges are fantastic. Sleepers of the area. I, I included that in my review on the website of these wedges. Check them out. You will not be disappointed. And above all else, of course, this entire podcast is brought to you by Bridgestone Golf. They are our title sponsor for the Golf and Filter podcast. We've been friends with Bridgestone for a while. It just made sense to partner together, finally, officially official. We're officially official with Bridgestone Golf, and so it's nice to be uh, partnered with those guys. All right. So I need to approach this topic carefully. And for those who have visited the website, you uh, may have seen an article recently that I wrote um, regarding recent goings-on on the PGA Tour, specifically uh, this story about uh, Andy Pazder, who was a, a, a top executive, had been for many years, I think 35 years, he was with the PGA Tour, unexpectedly resigned. Wrapped up in all of that, or at least uh, maybe running parallel to that, we get this uh, book excerpt on the Fire Pit Collective, shout out to those guys, uh, from the superpower gambler Billy Walters memoir, aptly entitled Gambler. Uh, they published this excerpt, and it details Phil Mickelson's uh, gambling habits. It was all the talk of the town on social media when it came out for a few reasons. One, the amount of money that Phil was gambling. We all kind of knew it was going to be a lot of money, right? Like, we, we know... We know Phil likes to gamble. He's admitted as much. He, he has gone, uh, in his own words, he has gone through treatment for this. And it is an addiction. I, I you know, I'm not a addiction specialist or a psychologist or anything. But, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, this guy, millions of dollars. And actually, in the excerpt, it says that uh, it was estimated up to a billion dollars. Phil has wagered, or thereabouts. But perhaps the most notable is his attempt to allegedly, his alleged attempt to gamble on the 2012 Ryder Cup matches that he was a participant in, the ones at Medina. I went there. We got, we got beat by the Euros in historic fashion on the final day. That was, that, that, that raised a few eyebrows among people on social media. And uh, those are just the two most recent examples of what I uh, referred to in my article as behavior unbecoming a professional or conduct unbecoming a professional. Now, this phrase is something that the PGA Tour uh, 
really bases a lot of its its um, penalties and punitive consequences on its players. It's always wrapped up around that. It's it's written in a policy. Uh, it it usually comes up. This phrase of conduct unbecoming a professional pops up when there's going to be a huge fine or someone's going to get suspended, and we won't see them very much. Uh, in the next few months. that That's typically what happens. I detail it a little bit more in the article. You can read it right now on golfandfilter.com. During this whole time, there's a Twitter account ran by uh, a Mary Ann O'Neill. This is a name that I had not heard of before. She is an individual that I think at the time when she got started with uh, the comments she was making on, on Twitter or X or whatever. Are we just going to call it Twitter now? Whatever. Uh, she didn't have many followers. I think she had just started her account recently. But she said a few things. She said a few things that got some attention. Not at first, but eventually it did when people started reading it. She said some things such as, uh, directed towards Andy Pazder that, you know what? Maybe there's some uh, some shenanigans going on here in the PGA Tour. Maybe there's some, I don't know, harassment stuff that's going on in the PGA Tour. Now, of course, I'm, I'm paraphrasing points that uh, Marianne put in her tweet. And so I, like many others, we, we read this thing. It sparked some curiosity. So, being a curious person, I reached out to Marianne. I wanted to learn more. What, what, what are you talking about, Marianne? I'm actually going to pull up the tweet that I'm re- referencing. Why not? So, this is from Marianne Riley O'Neill uh, at Life of Riley O on August 11th. Who are you, at Andy Pazder, to scold me for using hashtag MeToo at PGA Tour execs when it was well warranted? Meanwhile, you just resigned due to a workplace affair with a subordinate while you are married. Hashtag hypocrisy. And then Marianne links to a Sports Illustrated article that I also reference in the article that I wrote. This uh, SI.com article details uh, very thoroughly the domestic violence uh, that Marianne was subjected to from her then-boyfriend Tom Pernice Jr., a name that uh, golf diehard fans will probably recognize. Uh, he had a you know, relatively decent career on the PGA Tour and now plays for the Champions Tour uh, currently. So, now, as I mentioned before, I didn't know anything. Uh, I remember reading that article. I, re- I, I remember seeing it. I remember thinking, oh, my goodness, this is, uh, this is terrible. You know, nobody should go through it. It's one of those things where you know, as a sports fan, and, and unfortunately in today's society, we're almost a little desensitized at this point, which I think is terrible that that's becoming like that. But we see stories like this come out very often. And so when I initially had read this last year, I think it was like July 2022, you know, it, it unfortunately fell into that bucket again for me. Initial surprise, followed by disgust, and then shortly thereafter, I'll admit it, I forgot about it. Well, all of this stuff is happening. Andy Pazder uh, abruptly resigns from the PGA Tour. 
And then we start hearing more and more stuff come out. And uh, this is all stuff that's publicly reported. So I'm not telling you guys anything new. If you've uh, followed along closely on social media, you've seen that the Golf Digest is now reporting that, uh, well, Pazner's resignation was not voluntary as it was originally uh, reported by the PGA Tour in a memo. In fact, he was asked to resign due to uh, certain policy issues. He wasn't adhering or he was breaking the rules that the PGA Tour has for their personal conduct policy or something along those lines. Still very vague. Nothing really came out. The sources that were uh, quoted in the uh, Golf Digest article, of course, were anonymous, which no problem with that. That's just the way things work. It seems that that is the overarching sentiment about that particular situation. So how does all of this even come together? Well, I had the opportunity to speak to Marianne. We talked for about 45 minutes. It was off the record. It will remain off the record, other than the fact that she gave me permission to mention that we talked. And... I don't know what to think of this situation. It's it's funny because, uh, well, it's, none of it's funny, but you know what I mean. It's just a, a figure of speech. Um, when situations like this come up, there's immediately a few thoughts that I'm sure goes through everyone's head. And depending on your worldview, this is a... Uh, this is either a very troubling, I hope it's a very troubling thing to hear for you when, whenever something like this happens to someone, but it also kind of sparks this question, at least it does for me in my mind, who knew about it? Who knew about these things? Because as the story goes, again, this is all public knowledge right now, it's, it's in SI, the SI.com article. When Marianne was going through the terrible situation that she was going through, and she raised it to the authorities within the PGA Tour, didn't really get a good response from them. Tom Pernice was still allowed to play golf. He was still allowed to work. So, questions come up. What's the policy on domestic violence with the PGA Tour? Is there one? We come to believe, or at least it's suggested, that perhaps there isn't. And if there is, it's not being enforced very well. And what about all this stuff with the uh, with Pazder? Is this is this a true thing? I I mean, there's a lot of questions that are going on that, admittedly, none of us really should know. We shouldn't care about this stuff. We, this this shouldn't even be something that happens. But that's not how life works. And so. What I decided to do is I, I wrote the article I wrote referencing all things that anyone can look up on the internet right now that's been written at least for over a year. It's been reported by people that are much better than me at, at reporting stuff like this. But I think it's important to get out there. Especially now at a time when the PGA Tour has so much of a spotlight on it 
and not always for the good reasons. Things are coming to light now that I guarantee the PGA Tour would prefer it not to come to light. But at this point, you kind of have to address the elephant in the room. Even if you don't believe that there's an elephant in the room. I don't know what the future of the PGA Tour is going to be. All of this stuff with the framework agreement, Saudi Arabia, Live Golf, the DP World Tour. I don't know. Congress, they're testifying before Congress. Let's not forget how ridiculous that is. Would, did any of us see this happening four years ago? I mean, I don't know. We've talked about it at length on this show. Uh, men's golf, men's professional golf right now is in the worst spot it's ever been. And people will disagree with that. They'll say, oh my God, have you seen Live Golf? I mean, this is great. Competition is great. No one's having fun watching any of this. If you're honest with yourself, you're not having fun watching any of this stuff. You're picking sides at this point. You want to be on the side that wins, especially when it comes to live golf versus the PGA Tour. Who cares? Honestly, it's golf. Let's just get back to that. Anyway, I digress. You can tell I get fired up about this. But from an organization, from a business standpoint, as a fan of the PGA Tour, I want to stress I am not anti-PGA Tour. Golf Unfiltered is not anti-PGA Tour. But this is something that, I don't know, man. As time goes on, I mean, I'm, I'm recording this on Saturday night. By Monday, who knows what else is going to come out about all this stuff. I'll just say it. I think there's a culture issue at the PGA Tour. And I don't think it's it's one of those things that you can just fix or sweep under the rug. I mean, competitions aside, you know, money, sponsorships, all that aside. I mean, what what is going on? What has been going on there? There I mean, I don't know. I don't know. And truthfully, as I've said many times before, other than just my, my uh, I don't know, my curious nature to just ask a question to someone who tweeted something in relation to a news story that, hey, it's a little bit inside baseball. We want to know what happened to this executive. And then all of a sudden, all these other things start coming up in the meantime that other sources are also reporting. I, it just doesn't give you the warm, fuzzy feeling, does it? What I would love to do, what I would honestly love to do is get back to a time, and maybe this is naive, I don't know, but I would like to get back to a time right around the time when Tiger was peak Tiger, when people just turn, tuned in to the PGA Tour just to be entertained. I think I said on a couple episodes ago, that's all I want is just to be entertained as a fan of the game. I'm not even talking as, you know, Adam at Golf Unfiltered. I, as a fan of the game, I want to be entertained by this product on my television. It's really hard to do that now. It's really hard to do that. 
So as far as this whole thing goes, I, you know, I'm going to leave it, I think, right now. Uh, I wrote a commentary, opinion-based piece on this whole thing. Again, it's at golfandfilter.com. I, I'm willing to kind of sit back and see how this plays out. Um, I know some uh, colleagues of mine in, in the media space are uh, also interested in the story. I, I hope that they look into it more deeply. I will read it, whatever they write. I'm, I'm curious about it. It's a curiosity thing. In the meantime, though, or not in the meantime, at the same time, it's like I battle this thing. Like, How much do I really want to know? How much do you really want to know? There's probably a good amount of you that don't care. And that's that's that is where I want to get. I don't want I don't want to care about this stuff anymore. But if something is happening where people are getting hurt and it sounds like people already have well something's got to get something's got to be done. Something has to be done. That is very easy for me to say. The old cliche phrase, well, somebody better do something. If I can help, I will. I don't know how, but if I can, I will. So that got a little weird. Sorry about that, folks. Again, we've been getting deeper in these episodes. You know, it's kind of towards the end of the season. We got the FedEx Cup playoffs coming up. I hope to be on site for the BMW Championship at least one of the days. It's a it's an interesting time of year, uh, and I'm gonna go I'm gonna go gauge the temperature. I'm gonna go just kind of observe. You know, I'm not gonna I'm going there on a credential. I'm not going there to drum up anything. I I want to observe and cover the event not from a play-by-play shot-by-shot perspective but rather just the atmosphere of the event there's a lot going on the pga tour is more naked now than it ever has been i've been to my fair share of pga tour events i want to know and experience if this feels differently thanks for hanging in there folks on this episode um let me know what you think. Send me a message. Adam at golfunfiltered.com. Nikki and Danner will be back on the show very soon. Uh, again, I keep saying it. We got some busy some busy schedules that we have to get figured out. But we will be back very soon. Certainly next week. You might only be me, but we also got some uh, interviews uh, lined up. Uh, amid all of this nonsense that I was just talking about, there's actually some fun golf stuff going on. And so we have some interviews lined up uh, that we're going to talk about some new products. We're going to talk about some uh, existing products that are doing very well on these tours lately. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. I may have one of these products in my bag as well. Um, And we also have some uh, really cool, there's some really smart people out there that are doing incredible things with not only AI, but also different uh, data analytic apps that I've had the, uh, the privilege of testing out. Uh, we're going to bring those guys on, the, the creators of those apps, to, uh, to tell you all about it. I think you're going to be excited about it. So once again, at Golf Unfiltered, all over social media, I want to point you specifically to our YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram thread channels. Yeah, we're still hanging out over on X and Twitter, but... 
Find us at those other places too. And of course, my email address, adam at golfunfiltered.com. Don't get caught up in too much of the nonsense that's out there, folks. I know that that's my part of what I got to do. I'll take care of that for you. In the meantime, go out there, play some great golf. Maybe not 54 holes in two days. But you know what? If you can do it, go do it. Take care of one another. We'll be back soon. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.